Blog Talk Radio. So good to Sports Radio Show, hosted by Robbie D, Big Mike, and Vinny the Shark. And good evening, and thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio Show on this Monday evening, November 26, 2017. A big show for you guys tonight. We are very excited about it. Um, we are here live. We are going to be on Facebook Live in just a minute. As soon as our producer can get that up and running, we will be up. But we're also on Block Talk Radio. And give us a call, as always, at 646-716-5403. That's 646-716-5403. Um, love to talk to you guys. I know there's a lot of angry Giants fans out there that want to get involved in the show, and we would love to have you. And we're going to be opening up those phone lines at 830 tonight because at 815 we have a very special guest. We will be having Carl Banks. New York Giants Hall of Famer on the line with us to discuss the Giants season um, that is uh, going oh so well right now um, at one and seven. He will be joining us then as well as um, give us his take on some of the things that happened in his past career. So he's at 815 at 830. We'll open up the phone lines to talk to all of you Giants fans. And of course, if you want to talk about anything, 646-716-5043 here with Big Mike, here with Vinny the Shark. We are now up and running on Facebook Live. And uh, guys, I'm sure we could do a whole hour on the Giants alone, but uh I guess that's where we have to start because this has just been uh, not the season that everybody expected, and they hit rock bottom yesterday afternoon. It was terrible. I uh, I don't know if Goon has the clip ready because he just sat down, but I tried to tell you guys this was set up for a blowout. Go ahead, Goon. Tell them. Yeah, I'm all over the Rams. I think this has blowout written all over it, to be honest with you. The Rams are coming off a bye, too. I believe the Rams uh, averaged 30 points a game also, which is tops in the league. The Giants defense tomorrow, Mitch and Jenkins, that is a huge hole. This is not Dominique rogers Camardi who's washed up, and now you're able to just slide somebody over or get a good game from Eli Apple. Janoris Jenkins is a top five cover corner in the league, if you ask me, and you're missing him, and I think tomorrow is an absolute blowout for the Rams. And sure was. For those on Facebook Live that, that didn't hear the clip, it was basically me on Saturday just saying that I thought this was going to be a complete blowout, which it was. The defense was horrendous. Um, I know people don't like saying that uh, players quit on a team. The Giants quit. That defense quit. Eli Apple should be cut today. Landon Collins was horrendous. I mean, I've never seen horrible. him look so bad. I've never seen this team look so bad, and God knows how long. They haven't got blown out like this in quite some time. It was just a disgraceful lack of effort by the New York Giants yesterday. I mean, a third and 33, and not only did they get to the first down, they get a touchdown. And then they come back the next drive and hit Sammy Watkins for 67 yards behind the whole defense. Um, that third and 33, though, was terrible. That play, Rob, sums up the season and sums up our head coach. And you know what? You look at the replay, and – he runs past eight Giants defenders, eight out of the 11 defenders. That's just three interior offensive linemen that didn't have a chance to tackle him. It was a one-yard pass, okay? This was not Tyreek Hill against the Cowboys yesterday, who they had a designed flying V play at the end of the half to try to get Tyreek into the end zone. This was a screen pass. This was a give-up pass. You know all those times that we've watched the Giants guys in the past few years, even under Tom Coughlin, uh, deservedly the so, draw. where they do a draw on third and 33 and get their five or six yards and down their version. Well, this was their version, except – they got a lot more than the three or four yards. They got a touchdown. It was embarrassing. Third was and wrong. 33. Vinny and I were wrong. Yard Mike touchdown. Mike deserves the humble break. He was right. I'm glad you played yourself. Other than us being wrong <laughs> about this game. I'd rather you look good than us look bad. But it was everything and you said it was going to be. And it all starts uh, with the manager, general manager. And it all starts with the head coach. Another week of turmoil, another week of a circus, another star player suspended, and look what happens. You can't expect the team at that point to go out there and give everything. And you know what? It's the defense that quit. And that's what happens. Uh, 51 points. That's the most points they've ever given up since the Giants moved to New Jersey. This, they were, this is a top five defense last year, and they are a bottom five defense this year. And they have the same, same people there. And it's exactly. not a lack of talent, is it? Uh, it's got, what, what is no, it? No, I don't think it's a lack of talent at all. I think it's just – I think it's a. I think a lot of not a lot of blame. Some blame has to go to Spagnolo because I don't think that they look the same as last year defensively. I've said that uh, from the beginning, even game one with Dallas, I just didn't think they looked the same. 
Uh, majority of the blame has to go to Reese and, and McAdoo. They can split it, share it. They can both own it. I don't care what they do. They both stink. And Reese should be gone. McAdoo should be gone. And I'm excited to see what, uh, what Carl Banks has to say about it. These guys don't want to play anymore. They've given up. They showed it yesterday. They do not want to play anymore. They have no reason to play. They have one win this season. That's it. They're halfway through the year. They only have one win. This is an 11-5 team last year. They've given up. They have no heart, and they showed it yesterday. And maybe the most telling sign is that this weekend, they're underdogs at 0-8, San Francisco, who's starting Breadhead, whatever you call him. C.J. Breadhead. C.J. Breadhead over Eli Manning. They are underdogs against the woeful 0-8 San Francisco 49ers. Now, at this point, you basically want them to lose the game. Disgraceful. Right? Lose out at this point. And now you got the pundits out there about Eli. They want Davis Webb. They want He wasn't even stuff. active, by the it way. Was, Everybody, if you're going to force to give him reps, why not have him active yesterday? I don't need to see Geno Smith. Yeah, Webb was uh, buzzing on Twitter. Nobody realized he was inactive. But that would have been a, the ideal time to put him in. Exactly. Like Instead, that, you but, see Geno Smith out there. At um, least Eli didn't get hurt out of this. And I'm tired of this guy getting blamed. He, there's none of this season belongs – any blame to Eli Manning. And he hasn't none. played well. He hasn't played great. I mean, but it's no. <laughs> I was on a conference call today with Coach McAdoo, and they asked him about Eli. Well, let's backtrack. Yesterday they asked Eli Manning, hey, would you be okay with your um, starting streak getting? Are you okay with them looking at you in the place? He said, no, I want to play quarterback. This is my team. I'm the New York Giants quarterback. I want to be out there every single snap. And that's he's what, earned that. And that's what Eli's done his whole career, and that's one of the reasons that he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to be the Giants Hall of Fame for sure. He's Probably a, a pro football Hall of Famer as well. Um, yeah, and he should, and he should want that. And they're halfway through the season. There's eight games left. And Eli Manning's not going to sit there and say, I want to take the rest of the season on vacation. That's not the kind of competitor he is. So then today they asked Coach McAdoo about it. And McAdoo kind of wavered. He said, Eli's my quarterback in as stoic ways he can. And he said, but that doesn't mean that I might not give somebody else a chance down the line. Um, don't do that, Coach. I know your season's done, but let me tell you, you putting in Geno Smith or Davis Webb over Eli Manning is not going to save your job. Nothing's going to save your job. This team had a chance to save your job all season. They haven't done it. They don't respect you. They don't play for you. They don't respect your rules. They're all getting uh, suspended. Every week somebody's getting suspended. And he, he even said today he doesn't know if Janoris Jenkins will be back. He said, they said, when is Janoris Jenkins going to be back? He said, we'll see. Are you going to talk to him? When I get a second. He just doesn't seem to care either, and it's really rubbed off on his players. He's a doof. He's a bum. He has no respect in the locker room. It's not Eli Manning's fault that they have a uh, varsity high school offensive line and two of his top receivers are injured. It's not his fault. But the team has given up on this guy, and he needs to get out of here. It's not going to happen this season. That's not the giant way. A lot of people want him out right now. A new coach coming in isn't going to help them or or benefit them or hurt them even. It's just there's no point of it. He's going to finish out the year, but he has to be gone, and Jerry Reese should find the door with him. The only bright spot that I saw yesterday is I really like the way Dark uh, ran the ball. I, I honestly think going into next season that he could be something to build upon in the run game because I thought he really ran well, and it wasn't the first time we've seen him run the ball well. This is now a few games in a row where he's looked well. And, and I he didn't get the opportunity because they got blown out right away and they had to abandon right. the run at that point. Right. And so did Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram looked good. He's, he's a predator. He he's played well. I, I liked what I saw out of him yesterday too as well. So uh, I'll say Darkwood and Ingram um, – we, we talked about it the other day. Dark was going to get to run against San Francisco this weekend. San Francisco couldn't stop us. He actually might get um, a good fantasy day out of him this week. But, uh, yeah, no, you're right, Mike. There, there was nobody else really that competed. I know that they put Western Richburg on the IR. Uh, we didn't know that Saturday morning when we talked about the game and talked about our, about our picks. But if he played, that wasn't changing anything. This team was not going to compete. And when you do that at home, and people are now going to get uh, – they're not going to want to come to games anymore. They're just not going to care. That's how you know that – the team's going to make a change. And um, Mara said yesterday, he goes, that game spoke for itself. So, you know, he's pissed off. And that guy has a lot of respect. That guy's all about winning. His, I mean, Wellington Mara was a patriarch, okay? Now it's been passed down to him, John Mara. Um, you know that changes are going to be coming. We just don't know to what extent. And uh, listen, there's still, what, eight games to go? They're halfway through the season. <laughs> this is not – yesterday is not the last game of the year. And we just saw a blowout. And, uh, you know, all right, let's pack up and go home. We still have eight more games of this. You still have the Eagles coming here, the Cowboys coming here. This could get very ugly come December. Oh, and so, even if they already got ugly. Streak, <laughs> even if they went on a win streak somehow, McAdoo's job is not safe. Oh, he's done. Done. He's, he's got to be out. There's no way. At, when you give up 51 points to the Los Angeles Rams, and I get it, the Rams are better. We've talked about it all year. The Rams are better. McVay's done a great job. Gurley's back in resurgence. Uh, Goff shows you why he was the top pick. They're good. But 51 points on the road of, to a Giants team that's coming off of a bye, He's lucky that the Giants weigh in the fire you midseason because he would be gone right now. And inexcusable effort yesterday. And we're going to talk more about that. And that's not the Giants way. We spoke to that Saturday. 
But if they wanted it to be their way for this case right here, I'm all for it. Get rid of them right now. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about that. Um, but is it going to go higher than that? Is it going to be Jerry Reese even have the chance to fire him, or is, are they all going to be gone together? We're talking about that in about five minutes. Uh, New York Giants legend Carl Banks will be joining us in over the top sports. Like I said, after that interview, we're going to open up the phone lines. I know a couple of people out there on Twitter reached out, said they wanted to call in. We hope that you do get a chance to call in. Uh, Goon will post a number on our Twitter, but it is 646-716-5403, 646-716-5403. Of course, um, you know, before we get to uh, Carl Banks, uh, by the time he is done talking, Monday Night Football will have started. Uh, Lions-Packers game. This is not exactly the um, matchup that they had week 17 last year when they were playing for the division title because Aaron Rodgers is not out there. Anyway, Green Bay, Monday Night Football, Lambeau Field. Uh, before we get uh, more into the Giants, guys, let's get some predictions in. So, uh, Danny the Shark, uh, what you got here from this game? Any numbers, anything that's uh, sticking out to you? Well, obviously the Lions are the better team without Aaron Rodgers at quarterback for the Packers, but this is a underdog at home here, Rob, like something we like. Uh, Hundley is not the guy I trust, but um, it's a low spread, and it seems a little too easy for Detroit, so that's why, and that's the only reason why, I'm going with the Pack. Yeah, and I'll take the Lions, uh, given the two points here. I just, Brett Hundley didn't show me anything uh, in his only start. I think this is a must game, uh, a show-up game for the Lions here. I know their record in Green Bay. I was just saying it to Vinny uh, before the show. It's not very good. But I think the Lions, if they want any hope here of contending for a playoff spot, they need this game. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Packers. I like the Packers at home. I've never bought into Detroit as a real team. Uh, Mike, you just touched on their record at Green Bay. It's not very good. I don't care who's a quarterback. Listen, you're right. Hunley did not look very good weeks ago, but they had a bye week to get everything right. I think Aaron Jones is going to be the focal point of the offense today. He's going to get 20 to 25 touches. If he can do that, if they don't get behind because of turnovers or something early and he can get 20, 25 touches, you mix in Ty Montgomery, number 88, your favorite number yeah. for a running back. Uh, I think that the Packers can pull it out. There's just magic at Lambeau. Um, Stafford just always freezes up when he's at Lambeau Field. So I'm also going to go with the Packers to win this game outright. Uh, but we'll see. Well, of course, we'll recap that game as long as well as uh, preview the rest of week 10 now coming up on Saturday morning when we do our show. A um, couple minutes, Carl Banks joining us. Uh, real quick, guys, on the Giants. Um, everybody's been talking about these guys not trying. Well, in weeks one and two, guys, it was the offensive line. It was dropping passes. This was on the offense. Uh, and then ever since then, their offense started to get hot before the Odell injury, the Shepard injury, and the Marshall injury. And now it's the defense that's been giving them trouble. You know that they gave up the game that they had against Philly, against Tampa Bay. Those games had to let a lot out of them. Now it's all three phases of the ball. Um, what is going on? Uh, how is it all three phases? I get it if it's just one thing. They can't do anything because of the offensive line. Now the defense, with the same players, looks terrible. I think they came in and um, they had Super Bowl hopes. I mean, you know, if they read the papers, I expected them to be a playoff team. I thought they were going to win the division. I think we all felt they were going to win the division. You had uh, actually Dallas, Rob, um, in the pool. But I had so the Giants making the playoffs. Yes, yes, so credit to you. Um, and I think they see the record now, and I think there's clearly a problem with McAdoo, and I think that they just don't give a damn. I think, uh, you know, they're showing up, you get a paycheck, and you go out there and, you, you know, do what you got to do. And it's a time. tough year to see the Giants not have a good year, especially with the talented team that they had last year that won 11 games. Because look at the NFC, especially with the Rodgers injury, it's really not that strong. The Rams are in first. The Saints are in first. It's really not that. Uh, these are teams the Giants could beat. I don't think the Saints are as good as everybody thinks they are. They really haven't beat any good teams yet. And it's, and Drees has still got to show me something on the road. Uh, this is a year I really thought the Giants, if they clicked the way they did last year, really could have made some noise and maybe got back to the promised land. Yep, 813 over the top sports radio. Just a quick heads up for those of you watching on Facebook Live. Um, you're not going to be able to hear any of our callers or our Carl Banks interview over Facebook Live. Of course, Blog Talk is not hooked up with it. So we did provide you guys with the link. Um, once we get Carl on, if you want to click on the link, you can listen to it. Uh, you can still watch us do the interview. You just have to hear Carl's answers. Um, once that's done, go back to Facebook Live if you want. Stay on Blog Talk, whatever you want, as long as you're listening in. So the link is up there, um, and we'll be on in just a couple of minutes. Um, but, yeah, this Giants team, I mean, they're at the midway point. Um, I, I would understand a team full of veterans playing like that in week 16 or 17 when the season's over. You have three or four wins. You know you're not doing anything. I just don't expect an effort like that um, last night uh, or yesterday. And, you know what also annoyed me, Rob? Sorry, okay. sure. So, after the game, you have Odell Beckham tweeting about his birthday. Oh, yeah, he's all excited to be 25. I know, that is, I know he's 25 it's because he keeps tweeting, tweeting about your birthday. They just got killed. 
He no. probably wasn't watching, though. He's probably out on a boat celebrating his birthday. Oh, yeah, Brandon Marshall today tweeting about Ryan Fitzpatrick starting yeah. against the Jets, yeah. Fitz, tweeting Fitzmagic. That's great. Uh, listen, I know they're both on IR, but, you know, maybe there's a time and place for everything. Man. And these are your teammates. These are your brothers out there that are supposedly competing hard, but at least, if anything, getting um, embarrassed out there in front of your home crowd, and you're sitting there tweeting about Fitzmagic. You're sitting there tweeting about your birthday. I, I agree with you, Mike. That's a good point. I, I thought and about it, but I didn't bring it up. It's a good point. The New York Giants have one win since the shirtless boat picture. <laughs> and that was a game that, uh, against Denver, and now we've seen that the Denver Broncos haven't won since then. Uh, they've been a complete mess. They are the most disappointing team to a lot of people in the AFC. So the Giants in the NFC, the Broncos in the AFC, that's where the Giants got their one win. Uh, but now 8-15 over the top sports radio. Uh, very pleased and excited to welcome in a two-time Super Bowl champion from the New York Giants to talk uh, about the G-Men for a little bit. He was number 98, I'm sorry, number 58 linebacker. Uh, Carl Banks is joining us in the line. So, Carl, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so Carl, I uh, want to talk to you about your career a little bit, but first we've got to start with your career off the field, which is covering the New York Giants. You've seen so many good times uh, since you've been in the radio booth, but, uh, you know, what's going on with this team uh, right now? Uh, what, a game like yesterday, that's just not something you see out of a New York Giants team. Well, um, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a, a combination of all things going bad at once. And, um, you know, you're, you're playing with some guys that, don't have a lot of NFL experience. And then, you know, the margin of error is so slim that they can't afford to miss on, on great opportunities. So um, when you have those things coming together and a team that's, that's pretty hot in LA, things like this happen, but it's been a long time since I've seen it fall apart like that. And hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll figure out how to get it back on track. Yeah, I mean, and they were coming off of a bye week, too, so I, it was very surprising to me to see that happen. I mean, but Carl, I mean, in September, it was the Giants' offense that was the issue. They couldn't run the ball. Eli wasn't getting good protection. Uh, they are taking penalties, dropping balls. Remember the Brandon Marshall down the sideline against Detroit? Uh, now it's the defense. Yep. It's all three phases of the game. Uh, seems to be just crashing down at one time. Well, again, um, the defense had been a problem prior to their injuries of some key players. Um, and, and that was, I guess, the most shocking part of how the season started, and it really didn't get much better um, because the defense, and even uh, Coach McAdoo said as early as July, team was going to have success. The defense was going to have to carry the load. And I think he knew that his offense and his offensive line would, would take some time to get get on track, but this defense just hasn't been good, and, and when you look at they've uh, allowed tight ends a record number of, of touchdowns against them. It's an NFL record, the amount of touchdowns they've given up to tight ends. So um, they've got to they, they've be uh, probably, uh, I don't want to say embarrassed, but I'm sure disappointed that they haven't put good performances on, on the field on a consistent basis. I'm not sure I can say that they played 60 minutes of good football in any game or, you know, a complete football game defensively. Yeah, the effort was terrible. Uh, Giants football has been a long known for great defense. You've been on two championship defenses. Last, yesterday was the worst home loss as the Giants moved to New Jersey. Um, what do you see what's going on? Is it complete lack of effort, lack of execution? What's going on with this team? Well, I think it's not winning effort. Let's put it that way. And, and sure. some of it is lack of execution. Um, like I said, you have some guys out there who don't have a lot of NFL experience. Uh, two young linebackers finished the game. Um, you had a third, almost like a fourth, fourth defensive end out there with Olivier Vernon, Okora, and Kerry Wynn out. Then they uh, they have to put in the young kid, Avery Moss, and he's, you know, getting his first taste of NFL experience, and they went right at him. So um, it's kind of like a combination. you got young players, teams knowing how to attack them, and uh, the, the good players that you have, the veterans and the seasoned players are not holding up their end of the bargain, bargain um, as much. You know, the one bright spot, in my opinion, has been Jason Pierre-Paul. He never leaves the field. I mean, he's not perfect, but he's he's uh, probably giving you 
the most consistent play of most on that defensive front. Now, Carl, you played for one of the greatest coaches of all time, Bill Parcells. Could you ever see a Bill Parcells coach team performing like that yesterday? And if so, what would have happened today in practice? Well, it's a different game now. But, you know, the year before I got there, Bill Parcells only won two games. So, I mean, there, there, there's been some lean years um, in, in the Giants' history. But the, the issue here is, you know, it, it is what it is right now. Let, let's look at it from a standpoint of, okay, what assets do they have? They've got to be more demanding of what they have. And, and the reason I say that, and I've used the word or the phrase be efficient at being average, is what they have to be. They have to be very efficient with what they have, meaning when you have a opportunity for a 75-yard touchdown bomb to Sterling Shepard, you can't overthrow it. Or when you've got somebody in the end zone, you can't miss that throw. So um, that puts them in the game, and it puts more pressure on the opponent. And, you know, they have to play complementary football all the way through. They're just not good enough in any phase of the game to uh, have miscues because when they had their two turnovers, they had uh, the sack fumble resulted in a touchdown. Uh, fumble resulted in a touchdown. Interception resulted in points. So, you know, it's just, it's just a, a, it's a crazy game when things start to fall apart and you start searching for answers. It's pretty simple. It goes back to the basics, whether you're a really good team or you're an average team, or or a team that just doesn't have a lot of talent, you have to be very efficient at what you are. 821, Monday night, Carl Banks, legendary New York Giant, member of the Ring of Honor, joining us right now over the Top Sports Radio. Uh, Carl, um, this is not just a McAdoo thing. This even goes back to uh, Coughlin's era. Anytime the Giants seem to have high expectations, they've been a disappointment. But when they've had low expectations, they've thrived. I mean, you know the two Super Bowl runs. It's a little bit funny how it's happened for the last few years, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, some some groups can handle prosperity and some can't. I mean, in an era of free agency, you know, certain games are played on paper and certain teams are crowned champions before they take the field and that, you know, they become susceptible uh, to the accolades or the praise before they even go out. And I think that is in part what happened with this giant team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think they really felt that they arrived. And as it turns out, they just are not as good as they thought they were. They're not playing as good as they thought uh, they were. So, Carl, I've asked this question to uh, to Kevin Boss and Lawrence Tynes, who we've both uh, been privileged to have on the show. So I'd like to ask you also, do you feel that Eli Manning gets the respect um, that he deserves? Because I can tell you the three of us feel that he doesn't. Um, well, it depends on what circles you're in. I think if you're preparing for him as a, co- as a coordinator, he does. But as a general rule, no, he doesn't. He he certainly doesn't get the respect that he deserves. But um, when you are, I'm sure the teams that have to prepare for him, you never really hear opposing teams talk as if Eli Manning is just another guy, just another quarterback. So um, I think they realize that he's a lot better than he's given credit for. All right, so the tricky question is, uh, what happens now? Do they clean house? Um, it's, it's a tough question because, listen, Jerry Reese has won two Super Bowls. Uh, McAdoo won 11 games last year. But a game like that and all the empty seats now and the fans are becoming apathetic, uh, does ownership deal with this? Well, they deal with it like uh, their fathers dealt with it. Um, it's, it, you know, what it is, is baked in now. So there's eight games left. There's a lot of football left. Um, I don't think anybody's getting fired during the middle of the season. That's just not how they do things. Um, and they'll deal with the empty seats. And, you know, they want to see how this team fights. That's what they want. And I think that's the coach's responsibility right now. And his assistant coaches is to demand uh, execution from the players when they give them a good game plan. You listen to Eli Manning talk, he thought they had a great game plan going into the game, and you could see 
um, signs of that. But, you know, when he's overthrowing uh, players for touchdowns and, and, and not taking care of the football, he and the running game, it, it's um, it's hard to win. So they've got to really have attention to detail uh, with where they are. But it's eight games. It's just it's just too hard. Like if there were two games left, you could start the clock, right, right. and start right. to uh, kind of imagine what it's going to be like the off season, the uh, the next year, and, and and start to kind of project things. But with eight games left, it's just way it's way too early um, to to try to look forward to what could happen next year. It's all going to be predicated upon what happens these next eight games. And, you know, coaches have to coach them out. Players have to play them out. Like, if you know, if I played in this era or or vice versa, you know, eight games go is eight games to go. You can't quit. You know, if you put eight games of bad football as an individual on tape, there's right. not a team that will touch you in free agency. You know, people understand when you're on a bad team and it's what, you know, a game left or two games left, and you kind of dog it a little bit. They kind of mark, they write that off. But um, in an era of team sports where, where people are looking for, for leaders and hard workers, if you if you cash in eight games and it's on tape, you're going to have a hard time finding finding a good good paying job. You may find a job, but they're not going to pay you well for it. Do you think the Giants quit? No, I don't think they quit. I don't think they had a winning effort, though. Um, I, I don't. I don't. No, um, I think there were some bad, some really bad plays. Third and thirty-three was probably the epitome of bad football. But no, I, mean, I don't. I don't think they quit. I, I just yeah, don't think they had a winning effort. Yeah, that was inexcusable and pathetic, honestly. But um, Carl, you were yeah. drafted in nineteen eighty-four. Sorry, that was the last time the yeah. Giants ever drafted a linebacker in the first round. Why did they never go back to linebackers when that was like the bread and butter back in the day? Uh, LT, you, uh, Harry Carson, they uh, don't seem to care about that position anymore. It always seems to be the leak, uh, weakest part of their uh, defense. What do you think of that? Um, I, well, I will say this. I think they need to put more of an emphasis on the position because when they get talent, it certainly helps them. And, you know, B.J. Goodson, is got a, he has a bright future. He's their most physical uh, linebacker, and he's coming into his own if he can stay healthy. But, you know, the rest of the guys are just kind of guys out there. Um, to answer your question on why don't they put more emphasis on it, I don't know. But they're playing a four-down lineman uh, system, so their emphasis is always on defensive backs and pass rushers. But you can't continuously neglect the position and just put anybody back there because they have to play. And uh, I think they, they really should consider, you know, drafting linebackers higher um, or, or acquiring better talent at the position um, so that they can get more productivity out of it. So, Carl, uh, this started getting you on uh, on the podcast here because I asked you about WrestleMania on Twitter, and uh, you're very interactive with all the fans. So, first of all, thank you for that. But I'd love to just hear, uh, while we have you on, your take on how WrestleMania was with Lawrence Taylor and, uh, you know, just the whole WWE and that experience. Um, well, it was WWF then, but it was just the most amazing experience. Um, LT with Bam Bam Bigelow and, <laughs> and his crew. It was a lot of fun, man. Uh, Vince knows how to put on the show. And it's Definitely. amazing how this new genre of or generation of kids has gravitated towards this genre because it is, you know, people didn't think it would last this long, but, I mean, credit Vince McMahon and the job he's done. But you've got, you know, 20-something-year-olds that are just going nuts over WWE and every one of their um, WrestleManias are just, you You can just see with social media, um, these people are going crazy for it. And Carl, I know you're a huge Knicks fan, so I want to ask you, what do you think of the new direction of the Carmelo-less New York Knicks and what's your take of him leaving the team and how do you think we're going to do going forward? Well, I, I pretty much want to focus on uh, the Knicks themselves. I mean, that era with Carmelo was what it was. He's off and he's, you know, hopefully he's 
doing well and happy in his new environment, and I'm I'm just excited about what the Knicks have put on the floor now. I mean, I root for the Knicks regardless, and this is the team they put out there, and I like it. You know, Christoph Porzingis is, is off to a blazing start. 40 points he's last night, looking great. Six job. He's had like 40, he's got four 30-point games and a 40-point game. This is just amazing. Yeah, so, Carl, uh, we just want to thank you so much. Now, my two co-hosts were a little young to uh, watch you play in the Super Bowl, but I was able to see both of them, and they were just awesome memories for me as a kid. My first football memories um, growing up as a Giants fan, I got to see two titles, and uh, then you were part of it, you know, as an announcer for the last two. So, you know, thank you so much for the memories, and thank you again for joining us. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you for the young guys out there. You can always YouTube it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I do. Believe me. I know everything. And let me tell you something. If Sims wasn't that great in that Super Bowl, your 10 solo tackles, that would have been your MVP award, Carl. Well, it's okay. I'm glad I got the ring. You got the ring. That's all that matters. And we thank you so much yep. for uh, joining us. That's Carl Banks, a New York Giants Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, great guest, giving some great insight on the New York Giants, still around the team. So, uh great spot there. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll take uh, calls on the Giants from you guys on Over the Top Sports Radio. Kane is in the building. With Hollywood code, I'm with Molly G, bro. Flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows. And I wanna tell you something that you probably should know. This that slum dog millionaire Bollywood flow. And uh, my real friends never hearing from me. Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me. That's why I pick and choose. I don't get shit confused. I got a small circle. I'm not with different crews. We walk the same path, but got on different shoes. Live in the same building, but we got different views. I got a couple cars I never get to use. Don't like my women single. I like my chicks and tools. And these days... You're listening to Over the Top Sports Radio Show. 32 over the top sports radio big mike robbie deep into the shark here with you once again thank you to carl banks for joining us in the last half hour uh to talk some new york giants football a little bit about his career and we sprinkled in some new york knicks uh but right now it is time to uh wrap up the week that was week nine in the nfl of course monday night football just getting underway uh we previewed all the games saturday um we'll go through them right now we start in tennessee uh the game that uh, pretty much went to form that we thought not as many rushing yards as I thought. I thought that both teams would be able to run the ball well. They weren't, but Tennessee comes out with a 23-20 win over Baltimore. Yeah, Mariota just still doesn't look himself. I don't know if he's still the injuries lingering. Uh, the coach came out today and said uh, hopefully he'll be able to start uh, putting some more just quarterback run design plays in. Doesn't look like himself, but they got the job done. It was really a two-possession lead for the Titans all along, and the Ravens got their late touchdowns, and they did an outside kick they didn't get. The Titans really controlled the game. The Ravens really had nothing going for them offensively. The Ravens were down uh, 10 points in the fourth quarter at about the 33-yard line, and uh, they decided to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal with the best kicker in football right now, Justin Tucker. If they made that field goal, the touchdown that they got five minutes later would have tied the game. Instead, they were still down two scores. They were never unable to recover. They lost by three points. I thought that was the turning point in the game. you got to take the points. Giants fans know at this point, sometimes there's a time where you got to take points with a field goal kicker. That's not Adric Rosas out there on Baltimore. They don't understand why he wouldn't kick a, a free extra point, extra kick. But for this, you got to take the points. It cost them dearly in the end. That's why they lost by three. Um, team that I've been on all year won their sixth game in a row. That's the New Orleans Saints. Um, the Saints are really good. The Buccaneers are really bad. What's coming out of this game, guys? Kamara was everything that we said that he was going to be when Adrian Peterson left. Mike talked about it all the time. And the second thing is the Buccaneers suck, and now they're going to be without Jameis Winston going forward. Yeah, and maybe Mike Evans this week. He was suspended for that dirty hit on Sean Lattimore. Uh, I don't understand. Winston gets pulled from the game because he's hurt, and then he's still poking uh, Lattimore in the helmet, which started the whole brawl. Uh, He's appealing, by the way, so he might be playing against the Jets. Uh, Ingram fumbled twice last week. That's why you saw a lot more of Kamara yesterday. Sean Payton kind of sending a message. Listen, uh, I'm starting to buy the Saints as a as a legit contender. For the Saints, you got to respect their defense a little more. 
and they're not one-dimensional anymore. And that's huge for this football team because, you know, I have a great quarterback and a great air attack. But I think it's more of the Tampa Bay Bucks stinking. This team is no good. And we all were very high on Tampa Bay, thinking they were going to be a playoff team. They are not, and they're not going nowhere. Jameis Winston took a big step backwards, and the Bucs are they're just doomed. And that Mike Evans suspension, he didn't get uh, pulled out of the game. He didn't get ejected, but he is getting suspended, and that was ugly. Yeah, I think it showed you that if Evans just put him in a chokehold, you wouldn't have been suspended. But the fact that he didn't just choke him out from behind and actually hit him, that that cost the game. Evans, Evans gets uh, suspended. He doesn't get ejected from the game. A.J. Green chokes the guy. He gets ejected. He doesn't get suspended. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, I was talking to somebody today, and I said, you know, I want to take so many bouts with being right on so many teams in the preview that we did this summer, and the Saints is one of them. I want to say, oh, I had them. I had the defense, but how can I say that when I was all over the Buccaneers? I thought they are going to be a 10-11 win team. I thought Jameis Winston was going to have a 4,000, 4, passing season. I thought – I thought having uh, Deshaun Jackson out there was going to really help Mike Evans. They've been terrible. So I can't take any bounce for being right about something. You watch hard I was so was wrong on the Buccaneers. Uh, oh, could they made me look so bad. Hard knocks was a tease. That's what it was. You know what? They're this close, and they beat the Giants head-to-head. But other than a couple of missed field goals, they're this close to being as bad as the Giants this year. But that head-to-head game is a difference in their record right now. Uh, two wins to one win. Uh, we saw 51 points uh, at Giants Stadium yesterday by the Rams. We talked about that in the first half hour. How about the Broncos defense? The number one rated fantasy defense coming into the season. They gave up a 51 spot yesterday in the game that you thought was going to be about Brock Osweiler sucking. No, it was their defense getting absolutely shredded by this season's MVP, Carson Wentz. Yeah, and they, they uh, deactivated Zach Ertz right before the game because of his hamstring uh, injury. Didn't matter. I mean, Trey Burton stepped up. They had five running backs active yesterday, and uh, the winner yesterday was Clement. He had three touchdowns. If you started him somehow in fantasy, good for you. And the Broncos are 0-4 on the road now. Uh, this really goes to show you that the Broncos are just a bad team. So we thought the Giants had a nice win going in there in Denver. No, the Broncos are just maybe just as bad as the Giants are now. And Simeon, Osweiler, that team has no quarterback, and you know Elway's going to do something about that. But the Eagles, once again, another impressive victory. And who do they face this coming week? Tom Brady. And this is a perfect example, guys, of why you need to watch the games if you want to be a good fantasy player. If you just sit there and look at the points in the box score at the end of the day, you're going to think, oh, J.J. on the Eagles is going to be awesome. Well, it's not necessarily the case. He broke off one big run, and you give him credit for it, but you're going to see the big points at the end of the day. He only had eight carries. I'd still watch him a little bit more often to see how well they use him and how much they use him before making him a number one running back in fantasy again. Uh, only eight carries for 77 yards. So watch the games because it was a great run, but it was only one run. Other than that, so yeah. Saw Clement, Smallwood, Blunt. There's so uh, many options you said. Yeah, you can't. That's going to turn tough. into a, a New England situation. It was still just eight carries for him. They're easing his way into the offense. One of the biggest games in the NFC this week, fellas, was the Panthers and Falcons. We knew somebody was going to have a really big win in that division. We didn't know who it was going to be. Um, I thought the Falcons were going to win. Instead, Julio Jones drops a perfectly placed pass in the end zone by Matt Ryan. That's the difference in the game. Jones had 118 yards, but that doesn't mean crap because he dropped the biggest play of the game. And that's kind of been the year for Julio Jones this year. I mean, that was, he was completely wide open and he put it right into his, uh, right into his breadbasket right over there in the end zone. That could have changed this game completely. The Falcons blew a 10, nothing lead. And I didn't learn anything from this game. I still am not impressed with the Panthers and I still think the Falcons are the most overrated football team. So I learned nothing from that game. All right, and another game, and we kind of talked about it before. This game will be remembered more for the fight between the two best players on the field, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Green, than it will be for the final score or anything else that happened. And supposedly Jaguars security had to prevent them from going at it in the locker room when they got ejected. Ramsey was at uh, Bengals locker room, right? Yeah, screaming for A.J. Yeah. It's not necessarily boys being boys either. It was weird. It was pretty vicious uh, what was going on. I mean, that was – it was Andre pretty crazy Johnson to watch that. Finnegan all over Shout again. out to Big Mike. He said A.J. Green would be under 30 yards. Play the clip. <laughs> Play the clip. I'll give you a bold prediction right now. A.J. Green is under 30 yards tomorrow. Under 30. Under 30 yards. Now, that is a bold prediction. <laughs> finished with six. Well, we'll talk about that on Monday night. You can either take a bow or take a seat. <laughs> and you can tell he wasn't getting 30 because he was pissed off enough to exactly. put this guy in a chokehold. Exactly. So. Thank you, A.J. Green. <laughs> but in the end, it's the Jaguars getting a much-needed win in that division. The division that opened up, obviously, with the injury to Deshaun Watson for them. And we're going to get to the other division game, uh, or the two teams in that division um, next um, so real quick, Jaguars moved to five game. and three. Yes. So Blake Bortles at the end of the game, uh, it's in the red zone. Uh, Blake Bortles has the ball and he's instructed to take a knee, takes the knee, goes over to the sideline and gets into it with the coach. Cause he didn't want to take the knee there. And you know, they didn't want to run up the score or whatever. Bengals next possession, uh, just to take one knee. They took one knee game in. 
But what is Blake Bortles doing? Nothing Why funnier than the Bengals going minutes? in there taking a knee right after they just give him the ball over on fourth down. Right, like you're, just, you're winning the game. The game is over. You're trying to be classy, not run up the score. You're Blake Bortles. You suck. And you're going to go over there and start yelling at the coach. Who answered your own question? You're Blake Bortles. Oh. You suck. He wanted a chance to get a touchdown to try to make his stats look a little just bit better. Um, he's not used to winning, Mike. Sometimes you have to learn how to win. He's Are not the Jaguars for real, guys? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, the Bengals won three and four going into this one. I thought the Jaguars weren't ready to be giving a six the point spread to anybody. The that Jaguars defense, defense is, real. is for real. Yes. But another story out of this game that we didn't mention is Leonard Fournette yes. suspended before the game inactive. Not suspended, but he was inactive, which is basically a team suspension uh, for breaking team rules. He should be back next week, but uh, they didn't miss him. Didn't miss a beat with Allen. No, I think the defense is real. I don't think any Blake Portals offense is for real. Um, and the division's wide open for them because the Houston Texans. Huge loss with the injury. We talked about it on Saturday morning. They lose outright to the Colts. Good pick by those of us that might have picked the Colts to win this game once Savage was out, but that just shows you how bad Tom Savage is. Yeah, and um, listen, you guys both know my Kaepernick views. Uh, you know, I don't agree with him. However, if I was the Texans and I wanted to win, I think I would go look at Colin Kaepernick because Tom Savage is that bad, and Matt McGloin is that bad. And that would be a great cover-up for their owner's statement of what he had to say. But um, bottom line was, I think the game-changer here is Tom Savage actually got his team down to the end zone. He got him down to the 10, and he couldn't, get, he couldn't punch it in at crunch time when it all mattered, something we see great quarterbacks do. Tom Savage is not a great quarterback, therefore he didn't put it in. But the thing was, in this game, did you see his T.Y. Hilton's second touchdown of this game? Yeah, he fell down, wasn't touched, got He wasn't touched, he down. just got right back up and ran, and that was the difference in this game where Tom Savage could have squeezed out a home win for the Texans. And while we're humble bragging, I think it was somebody here that said that T.Y. Hilton needs to have a big game for the Colts to win, to get back on track. <laughs> That's it, the T.Y. move, man. 175 yards and two touchdowns. Still don't know how consistent he'll be fantasy-wise. Guys, Probably because, very inconsistent. You know, you never know with Jacoby Brissett what he's going to do. Um but 175 yards and two touchdowns. Huge I mean, that's Colts, Jacoby Brissett. That is absolute huge production out of the wide receiver uh, slot that they got. So the Texans now they're three and five. The Colts are now three and six. Um, Colts one and four on the road with the win. I don't think it's going to mean much. Like I said, Jacoby Brissett's the guy there the rest of the year. He hasn't been bad. Two quarterback hasn't leagues. He's really not a bad starting option, uh, depending on the matchup. Uh, the Texans, you have to feel bad for them. I don't feel bad for their fans as much because they just got a World Series last week. But, I mean, when you lose the talent that they lost, and we talked about it so much Saturday morning, uh, they just depended on those guys so much. Um, and, and they're all gone. And you know what? They at least showed up and tried. And some teams can't say that that's more for the Giants. Some teams that can't say that. Uh, in the uh, crap bowl of the week, which will also include one of these teams against the Giants next week, it was the Cardinals going on the road, and San Francisco is now 0-9. But if you're not uh, 49ers fans, your team is a favorite to win the coming week. <laughs> I think AP had, what, 36 carries? 37 carries. 37 carries. Carry. They said they were going to feed him. They said sure Saturday did. they were going to feed AP, and they did just that. So uh, if you saw him in fantasy, good for you. I think he had over 150 yards. Uh, this game was just horrible to watch. The one thing, I try to be positive, the one thing that I saw was Drew Stanton actually looks like he could throw the ball. Uh, if he gets some time, he looks like he has a pretty decent arm there. Yeah, and I hate that these low spreads scare me so much because, I mean, this is a gimme game. The Arizona Cardinals aren't that great, but they are better than the 49ers. I picked the 49ers and, on Saturday. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, you thought they were going to get the first win. I I, you know what? Their only shot is, I guess, this Sunday when the New York Giants take on the San Francisco 0-9ers. And I can't believe the 49ers are favorites in that game. But, uh, yeah, like low spreads like tonight, they scare me. Um, Arizona was only given two to a bad team, and I stayed away from it. But Arizona was clearly taking the cake in this one. It's it was not a trap. What a weird line for him. He threw for 294, which sounds like a lot of yards. 51 attempts. That man. sounds like a lot of yards, but his <laughs> leading wide receiver had two catches. So he's nine. The ball and they're all done. Carlos Hyde had nine receptions. Nine receptions for Carlos Hyde. He got ejected, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all a bunch of dump-offs. He had 11 targets. Marquise Goodwin had eight targets, only two catches. So he wasn't connecting. He was 24-51, which Goodwin terrible. was getting open, actually. He, uh, he's got a terrific speed. He uh, was getting open, and Brenton just was so you're going to have Beathard versus the worst pass defense that I've ever seen in the New York Giants. So uh, if I'm a 49ers fan, I'm hoping that they run the screen all day because, you know, those things go for over 50 yards. Um, but the game of the day um, was the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Uh, we'll get to Seahawks and Redskins in just a minute. So uh, for uh, save that for the rant. Um, but Chiefs and Cowboys in Dallas, two of the top teams in the league. I was on the Cowboys to win this game. I thought they turned a corner. Uh, they went out there, one touchdown each quarter. Um, Best play of the game, though, we talked about it before, was that Tyreek Hill touchdown. It was awesome. a flying V in oh, football. Yeah. was awesome. 
Uh, so they got the best moment, but the Cowboys get the win. Yeah, Beautifully well-executed play there. Uh, you got to say the Dallas Cowboys are back. Uh, they look pretty good. They're gonna. I know the Elliott thing is a very big deal. We're gonna keep talking about this guy's suspension uh, week in and week out. But the Chiefs are starting to slip a little bit, and I was very high on them. I know you were too, Mike. But Dallas is a good team, and I think they can. Uh, I think they're gonna be Philadelphia in two weeks, and I think they're gonna get wow. into the playoffs. And I, honestly, if you give me a pick in the NFC, who's gonna win it right now? Right now, today, I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. And uh, speaking of Zeke, that you brought him up. He's got a hearing on Thursday. That's the latest news there. Uh, the difference with this hearing and any other hearing was they didn't uh, give a deadline of when um, he'll be eligible to play. So the background to that is he'll be eligible to play on Sunday most likely and uh, likely the rest of the season. I, it sounds like he's going to play the rest of the year now. So if you hung on to him, good for you. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. We we kind of had that feeling Saturday morning when we talked on a, on, the, on the Saturday morning program. Um Chiefs, what are they, three, uh, three out of four losses now? Three out of four games they've They're lost, slipping. maybe three out of five. So, they faced um, some defense. Listen, that Oakland game uh, wasn't good, but they faced some you know, decent teams there. So, they still need the, the power of Arrowhead for the Chiefs for me to believe in them. Let me tell you, Jay Cutler played a hell of a game last night. Uh, watching the game, 34-42, that's good. 311 yards, that's good. Three touchdowns, that's good. Still wasn't good enough. Yeah, but how many were the receivers? Can we look at that? If we're going to call out uh, poor C.J. Breadhead here, well, at least, I'd love to see how many went to but those Breadhead was thrown, running backs. But Breadhead was thrown for under 50% on checkdowns. You need to complete checkdowns. I check think Williams each had like seven catches. Oh, uh, no. Julius Thomas, Devontae Parker, each had six and five. Mike, I know um, you fell asleep, but he was winging that ball downfield to get that backdoor cover. Talk about, talk about spreading out. <laughs> Julius Thomas, six. Devontae Parker, five. Williams, Drake, and Landry all had six also. So it was evenly spread out. It was yeah, a well game. Listen, speaking of Julius Thomas, Chris Collinsworth last night saying, oh, Peyton Manning used to put Julius Thomas out wide when he was on Denver and just have Thomas beat the, uh, the linebacker covering him. How could you mention Peyton Manning and Julius Thomas and Jay Cutler in the same sentence, Chris Collinsworth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but in the game, uh, Marshawn Lynch, a couple touchdowns, uh, didn't run the ball very well early, uh, but they got the big plays when they had to. I know he had the 22-yard score. Uh, in the third quarter, right up the middle of a classic Marshawn touchdown. Um, we both helped. Marshawn Lynch has not ran for over 100 yards yet, right? No. I don't even think he's cracked 80 yet. No, this this was his that. first big fantasy game. Uh, he had a 20-point game. This and it's only because he found the end zone. Well, that's everything in fantasy, though. I mean, you got to give that give that to him. But, yeah, uh, listen, the Raiders keep themselves alive for a playoff spot. They're now 4-5, and five, just two games behind the Chiefs, believe it or not. They haven't had their bye either. Uh, and they do play each other. So the Raiders, a lot of teams are high on them. We were high on them before the season. They're still alive in the AFC West. They're still alive in the AFC at four and five. And you see Cooper and Crabtree both dropping balls late. I mean, this is this is a terrible team here. Cooper's big grab was uh, on the onside kick at the end of the game yes. that kept the game yep. alive. Uh, Jared Cook, though, what a game for him. Another big game for him as a tight end this year. He's came out of nowhere this year. Uh, he's always been around. He's always been the kind of waiver wire, yep. bi-week replacement type of tight end. Now he's almost a must-start, 126 yards so today. Bottom line, credit to the Raiders. However they wanted, they wanted. Uh, if they would have fell to three and six, they would have been over. The season would have been completely over that in that Saturday division. Morning. So they, it was a must-win for them, and they've carried on. You said that Saturday, and now we'll see where they go from there. And the last game that we haven't touched on yet, I know Mike has a lot to talk about in just a moment on this game, uh, was a game that I was completely off on as well. Um, I did not think the Redskins were going to Seattle uh, and beat the Seahawks. A bunch of missed heel goals for Seattle. Mistakes all day. Uh, Russell Wilson was 24 for 45. A terrible performance. The only thing I hang my hat on is I did say to Mike Sunday morning, you know, Seattle has a lot of trouble with bad teams. They, they played San Francisco. It's a field goal game. They can't beat the bad teams. But there's no excuse to lose at home to that awful Washington Redskins team. Uh, Vinny, your thoughts on this, and then we're going to turn it all over to Mike. I thought Seattle looked terrible the whole game. Uh, Wilson got a few plays going on there, and the only time Seattle really had anything going is with those typical Russell Wilson breakdown plays where something bad happens and the defense falls apart and he finds the open man. But uh, Washington, Kirk Cousins made some big plays down the stretch, and the Legion of Boom was not so much the Legion of Boom down the stretch there. And big win by Washington, big upset of the day. That brings us to the rant, guys. This week's rant is on the Seattle Seahawks. Yesterday's performance from the Seahawks was one of the worst I've seen from an NFL team this season, and I'm a Giants fan. Heading into yesterday's game against Washington, the Seahawks were 3-0 at home. Being at home is supposed to provide a huge advantage thanks to that so-called 12th man noise. Well, they should be embarrassed because they lost to the Redskins, a team that was missing three offensive line starters, their starting inside linebacker, their starting defensive end, and two tight ends. 
Let's start with the penalties. The Seahawks committed 16 penalties for 138 yards, the second most committed in team history. Ten were on offense, six were on the offensive line, three holding and two false starts. If you thought that Giants offensive line stung, go look at Seattle's. Seattle has yet to be penalized less than six times in a game this season. They're on pace for a record 164 penalties, which would break the 2011 Raiders uh, record, as I said. Then there's kicker Blair Walsh, who the team brought in this offseason to replace longtime kicker Stephen Hauschka. Yesterday, Walsh missed three field goals, all under 50 yards. As the kicker of an NFL team, you have one job, make the kicks when called upon. And now, as you mentioned, Vinny, let's talk about this so-called Legion of Boom defense. You're overrated. You were abused last week by a rookie, Deshaun Watson, while at home. And then yesterday, you gave up 70 yards in 35 seconds in the final minute and a half to give up the lead. Your defense isn't in the top 10 in pass yards allowed. Your defense isn't in the top 10 in rushing yards allowed. Richard Sherman, nobody's afraid of you. In fact, they're starting to throw at you more and more. Hey, Kirk Cousins, we like that. <laughs> and uh, Richard Sherman actually dropped an interception in that game. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't have a pass interference call that cost them. But listen to me. I'm actually oh, – I know you're a little bitter with Seattle because I know they cost you a couple bucks here. But I think Seattle is going to win the NFC. Uh, them or Dallas – it's going to be one of them, but I think Seattle is going to get to the NFC Championship. And you want to know my reasoning? Experience. That's it. I don't care Seattle how bad that offensive team is. every single year that gets off to these slow starts. They don't play well versus the bad teams. And then when it comes to late the season, they start winning the games that they have to win to get in and get to the dance. Um, uh, yeah, they were my pick before the season to go to the Super Bowl. But I, I see how they played against San Fran. I see how they played yesterday. I saw what they did to Mike. Uh, it, it's hard, but, but uh, yes, are they going to win the division? I still think they're going to win the division. Yeah. Who I mean, led them in rushing yesterday? Who led Seattle? Russell Wilson. Well, they were talking they all of can't run the ball. All I heard all week was about how we're going to just go to yeah, a one Eddie running Lacey's back set. Eddie Lacy's going to be great. And yeah. you know what? All I heard all summer was how he's making he's weight. Every, this week he's watch. making weight in every single weigh-in he has, and he's getting all these bonuses. And that's probably going to be a back in his mid-20s that you just bring in here. That's better than Rawls and Lacey. I, just, I don't think it's the backs. I, I think it's the, the offensive line. They don't run the ball. No, well. you're right. The offensive line. Thomas Rawls showed that he's a capable back in the past. But listen, he's a one-year one. They had 18 rushes for, what is it, 59 and 12, so 71 yards. That's nothing for, for 18 rushes. They're averaging under four yards a carry other than Russell Wilson. But Russell I do want to give some props to Kirk Cousins. He got him down there in under a minute. And he got the game-winning touchdown for them. And uh, a lot of people thought Seattle was going to run away with that. And Josh Doxson, my boy from TCU, I said would be the best wide receiver coming out of draft. Play. Hell of a catch. Made a huge catch yeah. down the sideline to put him in that position. Hell of a catch. So that wraps up the action for yesterday, Sunday afternoon in the league. The NFL uh, NFL's week nine. Um, Lions-Packers right now in Green Bay. You guys got our picks before on those games. Um, no score right now in the first quarter. Um, do you have a touchdown? We've got a touchdown. Detroit. Detroit scored a touchdown. All right. Well, it hasn't updated yet here. Uh, we have a commercial here. So, um, another couple things over the weekend, a couple loose ends we want to tie up. First of all, I know you talked about it with uh, Carl Banks, but uh, the Knicks, uh, we talked about how exciting they were, and they got even more exciting last night. Uh, what a performance uh, by Porzingis again. Uh, this team, every time we talk about them, we're talking about how exciting they are. That's a good thing. And Carl was very professional about Carmelo. He didn't really rip him. I have no problem with saying Carmelo Anthony. I am pulling so hard for this this Knicks team to win and go just get make the playoffs, man. That's it. Just make the playoffs as a big screw you to Carmelo. The first year you're out, our superstar's gone. Nah, sorry, we have a better superstar that the offense is now running through. That's his name, Kristaps Porzingis. I want to make the playoffs, and the Eastern Conference is bad enough where maybe this Knicks team can make it. And I'll tell you what, the French kid, I've been all over him. He looked pretty good last night in the fourth quarter. He did. Yeah, I'm. I'm ripping him. I'm still ripping him because I'm sticking to my guns with that, but I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And he had a pretty good game. He had a bunch of assists. He's tall. Uh, he's just got to get that jump shot down. He might be able to have a place in this league. The fresh, the French prince is his nickname. <laughs> That's what they're going with right now. 854 over the top sports radio Monday night, big Mike, Robbie Deven and the shark with you guys. Facebook live as well. Uh, thanks for joining us. Don't forget uh, Carl Banks. We had him on before. If you missed that, don't worry. You can find that either by rewatching us on Facebook live um, but you won't be able to hear it. So go to Blog Talk Radio. We will post the link on It'll Twitter. What's that? YouTube tomorrow. It'll Good be on. Google will put it on YouTube SBN, tomorrow. We'll put a link for it on our Twitter. You can find it uh, on our Twitter. Um, we had Randy Tron on on Saturday morning. I did not watch the card. I was a little bit busy Saturday. Um, but 
everything I've heard is this is one of the better UFC cars we've seen in a while. It was absolutely and, awesome. And Randy Tron hit on a couple of his long shots. So why don't you guys uh, break that down for a minute? They had three title changes on UFC over there at MSG on Saturday night. It was a great show. I thought all the fights were great. Uh, there was a big surprise, and that big surprise was Randy Tron's ultimate lock, and that was TJ Dillashaw taking down Cody Nolop, who was a very, very cocky son of a bitch. And he ate his words with the loss to TJ Dillashaw, and that was a questionable fight, I guess, because Cody got right back up trying to fight again. But uh, GSP came back. He got a big W, and Joanna, the Polish woman who I was raving about, Big time upset, losing to, uh, I don't know her name. She's got a tough name to pronounce, too, but she looks like a precog from Minority Report. I don't know if anyone saw that. She was a, the big upset of the night, but overall a great show, and it was great to see GSP come back in action. Yeah, and uh, Randy Tron hit on almost everything. Uh, one of the ones that he lost on, the guy had won the first, Anderson had won the first two rounds. Third round goes out there and gets uh, kicked to the head and is knocked out. But he hit on Vic, which was, under, was a uh, underdog that he liked. He hit on Dillashaw, which was an underdog that he liked. He hit on GSP, and he even hit on the profit of GSP uh, winning by submission, which was plus like nine-something. He finished strong. Go follow this guy yeah. and, He's and place your bets. As far as the card goes, it was absolutely awesome. It was worth every penny. Like Vinny said, there was three title changes. Um, and listen, supposedly McGregor's trying to hold out and hold the uh, you know, UFC for ransom just to come back and fight. You don't need them because they put on a hell of a show the other night at the Garden. That would be crazy if UFC is going to go on a ride, and after a show like that, they will. No Conor McGregor right now, no Jones, uh, Bones Jones. So uh, UFC had a had a great night. There's still a couple stars out there. There's going to be a couple of good UFC events going over there. As for Conor McGregor, if you don't want to come back to UFC, I don't blame you. No one's going to pay you anymore. You can go right. on a movie. They'll pay you more. Absolutely. Or just stick with boxing. Fight uh, Malin Nagy. He wants to fight him. Vince McMahon will pay up just to get Oh, and there's another man. guy, Carl <laughs> Banks' boy Vince. Right. He'll, be, uh, he'll get paid. Yeah, so uh, another banner night for the UFC and at Madison Square Garden. Listen, UFC is still relatively new um, to have their events in the New York area. Now they've had a couple at the Garden. Don't forget the Barclays Center earlier this year. So uh, if you're in the New York area, you haven't seen them. Uh, I haven't seen them yet. I really want to get out there and, and check out. I can just say one more thing, too. Uh, Michael Bisping, um, after the fight, that interview was unbelievable because of all the trash that they talk, he gave all the props to GSP. I didn't know how outstanding of a, a track record Bisping had in UFC until they mentioned it. Most wins in history, never turns out a fight. Just that interview after was definition of class. And I thought, I thought GSP would be older than Bisping. But right. I was actually surprised yeah. at the age. I don't know why I didn't know that going in. But, yeah, it was uh, an excellent fight. And if I ever got my ass choked out, I probably wouldn't be going up to you being like, what a great fight and praise you. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, so UFC, big fight. Don't forget, next time we uh, have another event, we will have Randy Tron on. Uh, definitely to get you guys some uh, some good bets. The guy knows the guy knows UFC better than anybody, and uh, he's been really spot on. So next time there's a big UFC pay-per-view, uh, tune in with that Saturday morning. We'll have Randy Tron on again to get you some of his picks. Uh, over the top sports, just a couple minutes left, guys. Uh, any more loose ends? Uh, NHL, Josh Bailey told you to pick him up. Second star of the week. Pat on my back for that. Rangers, uh, back in it. Uh, another win on Saturday. Four in a row. We talked about them Saturday morning, how they needed to really get back towards 500, and they had that win versus Florida. Kevin Shattenkirk um, with the big goal. Um, Rangers, uh, his first game-winning overtime goal. Um, Goon says there's a couple, what, Facebook Live comments? There's a bunch. A bunch. Whatever uh, Cheryl is called the Seattle game. So uh, Cheryl called the Seattle game. Fans. Yeah. Um, Joe Puma, you're so happy that the three of us can fit on the love seat. Don't worry, it's been the best uh, hour of my life, Joe. Um, I've been running, Joe, if you're still watching. <laughs> Cheryl says you're mean for calling him Brethead. I guess uh, she hasn't been listening for the first couple of I've weeks. I called him that, and I called J.J. Schuster uh, Scheister, so my names aren't always on point there, Cheryl. Uh, Jason's excited about Porzingis. Eddie Lopez says Jerry Reese, he never drafted a linebacker. That's he why. Sure well, you're right, and uh, Carl Banks agrees that we need to do that soon. And I couldn't agree with Banks. And David Peterson says fire McAdoo. So good comments. Thank you guys for tuning in and commenting. We love the comments. Send us your tweets as well. Uh, but time for final thoughts. Mike, start with you. Yeah, so uh, I try to leave politics off, but tomorrow, vote no to the Constitutional Convention. Turn the ballot <laughs> over and vote no. All right, and Deontay Wilder, everybody talking about UFC. You got to see Deontay Wilder's knockout that took place at none other than the Barclays Center. It was wild. That guy is 39-0 and 38 knockouts. It's a shame he didn't wrestle with the ultimate heavyweights back in the day because there's no heavyweight that could compete with Wilder. And also I want to throw out congratulations to Eli Manning. He had 50,000 miles, uh, the milestone of the passing yards. That's seventh all-time. 
Remember when that guy's overrated and he stinks and should be thrown on the bus? Screw you, McAdoo. Eli Manning is the man. And Aaron Judge, cover of MLB The Show. How about that? And college football, uh, college basketball, I'm sorry, starting up this Friday, baby. We'll get Vinny's picks for college basketball on Twitter this week if he has any this weekend. Thanks so much to Carl Banks for joining us. Uh, great guest. Don't forget, we're back live Saturday morning, 1030, over the top sports radio. And a happy first birthday to my little girl, Olivia. Thank you guys for listening. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.